You're listening to the Fuse Chamber Podcast, where you get the elite mindsets and skills to ignite your voice and build your audience. I'm your host, Chris Williams, and I want to help you live the life you really want. Hey guys, welcome back and thanks for joining. This is episode 11, Accessing the Muse. What do you do to get reliable inspiration and how do you get great, fresh ideas? Well, first, let's remember why we're here. To create the next generation of leaders in arts, business, and community. To create an elite tribe of powerful, successful professionals who redefine how artists and entrepreneurs can do what they really want to do with their lives, full of passion and without compromise. I'll show you who you have to become in order to win, and I'll be here to inspire you each and every week so that you stay inspired and stay driven. This investment of 15 minutes a week will create habits that will forever change your life and career. The best way to have good ideas is to have lots of ideas. Now, I didn't write that, but whoever did knew an important secret. The muse won't arrive by sitting around waiting to receive her. She only visits when you're already neck deep in the grinding toil of creation. From one of my favorite 1980s movies called The Reanimator comes the quote, Birth is always painful, and it's true. Any act of creation always involves some sort of labor, sacrifice, and toil. The eureka moment doesn't come until you've put the work in. And all of this, I believe, is to ensure that people who shouldn't be creating art never do. And who should be creating Well, you've heard me say this before. People with a burning desire to serve. People who wish to put something out in the world. People looking not for recognition, compensation, but to be immersed in the beautiful act of creation and communication, the act of sharing your art with others. And one more thing. You have to be prepared to be one of the people who toils. In the last episode, we discussed the power of habits. I promised then that we'd return to one habit in particular, the creative habit, and so here we are. The best way to ensure you have lots of ideas so that the muse can properly visit you is to have some kind of creative habit, some ritual or predictable schedule for doing your creative work. If you want to grow at your own pace, then you can start this off easy. So don't commit to writing 200 words a day, for example. If you're terrified of creation, if you're scared of the pain and the blank canvas, if you're afraid to put your stuff out there in the world, if you're afraid of not being good enough, then this is the best way to get over it. Set yourself a goal of 50 words or half a page, or a quarter of a page, or even one really good sentence. Now, naturally, 
If you're in the visual arts, for example, you would sketch, draw, sculpt, mock up, etc. If you're into music, then you are playing, writing, recording. You get the idea. You need to set small, achievable goals so you can get into the habit. A certain time of day, even if it's not the same time every day, where you sit down, focus, and work. And you'll write, as they say, for the wastebasket. Look, first attempts will suck. They'll be useless nonsense at times. And that's okay. That's the point. It's the task of writing that matters. The only requirement is that whatever you make, you will save. Because that's the real nugget of doing creative work, throwing anything and everything out there. The eureka moment tends to happen when you go back through your creations to find things that have a little pearl of beauty in them. Yes, the point is not to be inspired or find the inspiration to create great things. The point is just to create things and go back and look at them so they can inspire you later. A big part of the creative process is revisiting the stacks and stacks of potential ideas, looking for something that works. Something will grab you. Something will sound good amidst the piles of stuff that doesn't sound good, and it requires the discipline, yet another habit, of going back and pouring through your stuff and giving it an earnest read to see what's in there. A day, a week, or months later, or sometimes even longer. As you assemble new constructs and relationships from the piles of seemingly unrelated ideas that you've generated, you'll eventually end up with enough material, usually tied together by some theme that just works, just enough to make that poem, that book, that painting, that song. So don't be afraid that it will never happen for you. Patterns will reveal themselves because you are who you've always been. And where you are now is the accumulation of all your life's experiences, all of your feelings, all of your thoughts. So most of what you write is going to be centered around a very specific and narrow band of themes. So it shouldn't be surprising that you see the same things over and over. Your ideas will be grouped together. Things will naturally repeat and bond. Your job is to find them. And once you find them, then you'll assemble, edit, modify, strengthen, fill in, and then go back and edit, remove, rewrite, and if all of this sounds like a very non-glorious, hard work, you're right. But this is exactly how these inspired masterpieces get made. Now, if you don't believe me, read just as an example the huge book, Songwriters on Songwriting. It's composer after composer after composer describing essentially the same process. First is the mechanical and decidedly uninspired process of generating raw ideas, and then going back 
and combing the pile for things of value, things that stick together, things that stick out. And then the relentless refining and reviewing process. Now, that's not to say that sometimes it won't happen in an hour or two, end to end. Sometimes it'll be a day, but it's also not uncommon for it to take much longer. Leonard Cohen, as an example, was famous for taking sometimes years to create a piece that he thought was perfection. Now, this is obviously not necessarily a bad thing, but I only want to stress that the idea generation phase should not be focused on perfection. It should be focused on giving birth to the initial ideas as quickly as possible, with little, if any, filtration. Sometimes the things you make will be just right. Sometimes they'll come out in enough volume that neither the second or third steps are entirely necessary, but this is as often not the case. Be prepared for the hard work of those three steps. Now, here are some tools and tips that will help you in each of the three phases of summoning the muse. Number one, create environments that are amenable to creativity. I like to throw on a set of headphones that block out noise so that I can immerse myself in an environment where my focus and attention are protected. I'll have some kind of white noise or audio, nature sounds, brain entrainment, or music that doesn't require my direct attention. So nothing new, nothing I need to pay attention to, nothing that draws my mind away because it's unfamiliar. Alternatively, you could try the following. Try an unfamiliar environment. So be in a place you don't normally go. Maybe a new coffee shop a little spot in the country, or perhaps a different town or venue altogether. Try places where inspiration is more likely to be found. Places of great natural or man-made beauty, or somewhere with fresh air, rolling waves, whatever you like. Experiment with different times of day, and before or after exercise or sleep or meditation to see if any of those variables help you get into creative flow. Set timers. I use an egg timer app on my smartphone. That'll time box you to 20 minutes. Experiment with other sources of artistic inspiration as well. So go to a concert, go see a play, read a great book, watch a well-done program or film that you admire. Sometimes seeing or experiencing art that inspires and moves you pushes you into creating some of your own. Number two, try giving yourself some kind of routine with deadlines that force you to get into the creative state. Nothing beats a little pressure, coupled with the risk of public failure, to keep you motivated. Create a writer's meetup, or create a blog, an open mic night, or an artist community where you show each other, your work every so often. Something with a repeatable deadline that forces you to have something ready by a certain due date. There is nothing worse for not creating art than having no particular deadline in mind by which you must produce something. 
You can literally sit in your garage and not create things for decades because no one is pounding on your door looking for output. I use this podcast, for example, as my laboratory. It's a place where I test new ways of communicating, new ideas. It's a creative and mental experimentation for me. I'm forced to come up with a thesis, or at least to weave together my experiences into a story that I think will be inspiring every single week. And furthermore, I'm forced to test my audio engineering and mixing skills every time I sit down to produce an episode. And in so doing, I train my ears and I get myself into the habit of continuously trying and testing new techniques to make myself better. Number three, find a way of organizing your ideas so you can easily access, search, index, and rearrange them. For music, I use a digital audio workstation that lets me record new ideas every single day into a separate track in one big file so I can easily go back, manipulate those individual tracks, erase, slice out things I don't need, and amalgamate things that I do want to keep. For writing, I use Evernote. It's a simple, flexible tool. It allows me to add ideas using a camera, a microphone, a pen, or a keyboard. Everything, even photographs, are searchable and available across all devices, so I can organize ideas into notebooks or collection of notebooks and move items around easily. There's certainly others, but if you do a little research, you'd be able to find a few ideal organizers and note-taking tools that stand out above the pack. The reason why the muse seems so mystical and so elusive is that she only appears at the other end of very hard work. And contrary to popular belief, she is not inspiration herself. She's the byproduct of continuous habitualized, inspirational work. What's required is that you are willing to push through this initial first phase of believing that you can't do it. And the easiest way to do that is to create a little bit of pressure for yourself. Create a repeatable schedule. I've done tons of research in this area, and in every arena of life, people only get better when they do two things. Number one, they consistently and habitually practice their craft. And number two, they work intelligently. They're not just writing and scribbling on a page. They're constantly looking for ways to enhance their creative flow, to increase their output, and to get better. So, what will your new habit be? Schedule it now. Start today. Sit down for 20 minutes and get that quarter or half page written. Do that one sketch. Fill that one page. And let me know how it goes. Folks, thanks for listening. You can reach out at FuseChamber.com or find me on Twitter at FuseChamber. Come in for some more insight and coaching next week. <laughs>